Welcome back to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your host, Micah, and just Micah today. Um, Nick doesn't even know I'm recording this, uh, but Nick and I have a very busy week this week. Um, I'm also fighting, I don't even know what, some sort of fatigue, some sort of sickness, ailment. I don't even really know what's going on, but um, just between that, my work schedule, Nick's work schedule, um, you know, we won't be able to record before the first game's this week so I wanted to make sure that during my chance I would release a preview Uh, hopefully Nick will be able to add some context as well or at the bare minimum submit some picks at the end Uh, I'll save all my picks for the end um, for us to be able to you know preview everything but with that being said um, you know I'm coming back I went to a week zero game Jacksonville State in UTEP Uh, probably the best game in my opinion of the weekend so Obviously, it was awesome to be there. Uh, frustrating because I was cheering for UTEP, and it felt like I was watching Virginia back in the Mike London era with clock management and just questionable play calling down the stretch. Uh, UTEP outplayed the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State, but didn't get it done. But uh, because of that, you know, I'm much more in the college football mindset right now. Um, my job, obviously, we've been prepping for our first football game at home next week. So we've been keeping very busy, um, but very, very excited that it's here. Um, unfortunately, I do not think I'll make Thursday's Wake Forest game. So the only HC game I have this week is one that has a fan of this team I'm not looking forward to as much, and that's Virginia and Tennessee. Uh, that game is expected to be um, not great for Virginia, especially after the news of Chico Bennett missing this week's game but we knew he wasn't 100 healthy and i think it's a long-term decision to kind of keep him out for this weekend so as much as it stinks you know i think in the, the day his presence probably still wouldn't be enough for the who's to get it done so anyways with that being said excited to talk some ball thursday night gets started with two games, one being that Elon Wake game on the AC Network at 7 o'clock. Um, Elon's a FCS team who's received some love. Um, you know, they are going to be a pretty well-coached team. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Elon has some experience coming back. Uh, they were, you know, a team that also made the FCS playoffs last year. Um, they are breaking in a new quarterback, though. Um, so Matthew McKay, who was their head go-to guy, is gone. Uh, Matthew Downing, who played games for Georgia, TCU, and out Louisiana Tech, comes in. I mean, he never really was a main guy for any program, but he's got some FBS experience. So obviously, you know, you see it a lot of times with these FCS guys, you know, having that FBS experience. It's not the difference between a win and a loss, but obviously provides a nice resource for a team like the Phoenix. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I I really do believe that Elon is just obviously outmatched here. Um, The Mitch Griffiths era at Wake Forest begins. I'm very, very confident in what he's going to be. We talked about that when we were drafting our teams, as well as kind of roasting Big Game Boomer for his thoughts on Wake Forest being, well... (laughs) In his eyes, a terrible football team. So, 
Um, I, I do believe that Wake's going to come out. Um, last time these two teams met, it was a 49-7 win for the Deeks. I don't think it's going to be that dominant, but I do expect Wake Forest to take care of business four or five scores. But that game's not as intriguing as the other Thursday night game, which is the start of the Brennan Armstrong, Robert and I era at NC State against UConn, one of the more surprising teams of the 2022 season. And I think what's most intriguing to me is UConn has a very underrated football fan base. I know NC State fans are going to travel well for this, but UConn does a good job of packing their stadium, especially with the hype that's around this program right now and what Jim Moore is doing. I really like UConn under Jim Moore, especially, again, if we're talking just, you know, a bowl team. We're not asking for this insane thing. This line opened at 17 um, in favor of NC State. It's down to 14 and a half. Um, with money still kind of coming in on UConn. Oh, this game's going to be on CBS Sports Network. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting because, you know, I, I'm high on NC State this year, but what we don't know is if NC State is actually legit like I kind of think they might be. Because, you know, again, we're talking about a team who, to just be honest, has, you know, had a guy like Devin Leary who just went to Kentucky, you know, and it it didn't feel like they wasted him by any means. But, you know, you've, you've always kind of looked at NC State as the more explosive defense. Like the defense is kind of the, 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 the difference. And I don't expect the defense to take too much of a step back. But, I mean, I think what I expect NC State to be, which is, I think, a 10-win football team, it's going to require Brandon Armstrong to return to his 2021 form with Robert and I as OC at Virginia. And obviously, as a Virginia fan, seeing that with my own two eyes, you know, obviously I want that for him. Um, you know, I love Coach and I love Brennan, so there's nothing I want more than to see them succeed. Um, and this is obviously the chance to do it. I mean, UConn is obviously going to be a very talented team. You know, they are, you know, expecting close to a sellout in this game. I mean, Joseph Agnano will start a quarterback for the Huskies. You know, he was at Maine, so he's obviously new to the UConn program. Um, but he was pretty solid with 46 touchdowns and 12 interceptions in his career at Maine. Um, you know, he was he's familiar with the OC, similar to Brandon Armstrong. You know, he played for Nick Charlton, who's their OC for three years at Maine. So, obviously, that's going to help as well. Um you know, NC State has never lost to the Huskies, so something to kind of keep an eye on. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, when you're talking to these programs, I mean, NC State is just the better football program. They're more talented from top to bottom of the roster. UConn was a fun story. And I think a storyline that kind of needs to be talked about a little bit more is if UConn's going to be like New Mexico State. We saw New Mexico State week zero, you know, not obviously have this insane hype. They were given a two-score favorite at home against UMass. And, and UMass is not, you know, obviously known for being a good football team, but it's also not common from next to the state to be a two-score favorite against an FBS opponent. And what happens? They get not, not blown out, but, I mean, it was never fairly close after the third quarter. Um, UMass took care of business against the Aggies. And I wonder if 
you know, teams like that that kind of took this insane step forward in 2022, maybe a little bit earlier than expected, obviously year one for Jerry Kill over at New Mexico State, year one for Jim Mora at UConn, if they come back down to life a little bit, people aren't going to overlook them, people aren't, you know, looking at UConn as, oh, this is the cakewalk now. I mean, I know when I did my projections for bowls, which I'll be releasing at some point here soon, you know, I did not think, and these cicadas seem to agree, that UConn was, you know, that team. So it's going to be interesting to see what we get from them um, just overall. So something to keep an eye on there. We'll move over to Friday. Um, hopefully this game gets played, obviously prayers and, and everything like that. I don't think it's going to affect Miami as much, but prayers to those down in Florida. My parents are down there, so obviously they're freaking out um, But because it's their first hurricane down there. But uh, it's the Battle of Miamis, uh, Miami of Ohio versus Miami, Florida. Shout out to uh, Blaine Gabbard, I believe. I hope I'm not messing up the first name. Oh, yeah, Blaine Gabbard for uh, Blaine. Is it Blaine? I'm messing this up now. Is it Blaine Gabbard? I gotta double check this because someone's trying to think it's an NFL guy. Um, Brett Gabbard, yeah, Blaine Gabbard's an NFL guy. Brett Gabbard, excuse me, uh, quarterback at Miami uh, of Ohio, you know, said obviously that Oxford's the real Miami, and you know, obviously it's just a fun little game between the two Miamis. I know as a kid, I always enjoyed the Miami, Ohio, Miami, Florida debate growing up in Northeast Ohio and MAC territory, but um, you know, this is a chance to see. What Mario Cristobal at Miami is, because last year's season was a disappointment. Tyler Van Dyke took a huge step back with Josh Gaddis at OC. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of what comes from it now. I mean, we know what he can be. I don't think we're going to get 2021 Tyler Van Dyke, but I also don't think we're going to get 2022. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. So if that's the case, and this Miami team is a clear bowl team, in my opinion, I mean, they're favored by 17. You know, Henry Parrish is, in my opinion, a stud. He was devoted third-team all-conference, but I would not be surprised one bit if that becomes a first-team all-conference bid uh, slash nod. Kid can really, really play. You know, I really like Xavier Restrepo as uh, TBD's top target. So, obviously, they get him out in space. I mean... Miami of Ohio is better than Middle Tennessee State. And obviously we saw what happened last year with Miami and Middle Tennessee State. So here's to hoping that they don't run into that situation um, again of kind of having a team that's kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not overperforming, but, you know, or excuse me, not underperforming, but just not living up to the talent. I mean, this is a talented group. Mario Cristobal has done a heck of a job recruiting. So it's going to be interesting to see what we get from them because, you know, there are going to be several true freshmen that are going to contribute this season. You know, obviously they're starting right tackle. Now really, both of their starting tackles are going to be huge this year. Uh, I can never say Francis Maui Go, I think is how you say it, and Samson Unkulo. Again, probably botched that. But they're young. Um, but... You know, Chris Ball has talked about how much they are ready to go, ready to attack. They're not hesitating. They're not timid by what is being presented to them. And if that is true, then obviously that's a great spot for the Canes to be in, especially in a game like this. So 
gonna be interesting to see what what you get from Miami for that. Now I think adding Matt Lee from UCF is a huge pickup at center. So I think this offensive line is gonna be um, maybe some headaches early, obviously in this one, they might have to get some stuff going still, but this is gonna be a talented group. And I think obviously this is a game to, to springboard what hopefully should be a much needed bounce back season for the Canes. Um, like I mentioned, Brett Gabbert, I mean, he's, he's a hell of a guy. He's got 31 games as a starting quarterback. Um, or 31 games played, I guess. You know, he has been in that program for a while. You know, Miami of Ohio is always a very tough, kind of gritty team. Um, they're well coached. I think they've got some key players, you know, that are going to be returning, but they did lose some as well. Um, you know, gaining Gage Lerv- I can never say his name right, Larvadin from southeastern Louisiana is huge. Uh, they also picked up a former Notre Dame receiver and Joe Wilkins. John Young from Kentucky on the offensive line is a great addition for the three returning starters on that offensive front for Miami. They have a good offensive front. Um, for a MAC team, they're, they're one of the better ones. But again, we're talking about Miami here. This should not be something that really stops them. And Chuck Martin, again, uh, sometimes I question what he's doing uh, in in-game decision-making, but his team is always very, very persistent very gritty, very tough. So, you know, if Miami is not ready for it, I wouldn't put it past the Red Hawks to upset them. So, obviously a game to watch, but I, I do feel pretty good about the Kings' chances there. And then the first AC game of the year, a 7.30 p.m. ESPN kickoff between Louisville and Georgia Tech. Louisville is a seven and a half point favorite in this one, going to a road game but really a neutral site game in Atlanta um, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I mean, this is going to be a game of show me something, to be honest. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get from either side from a standpoint of there's so many question marks. You know, everyone's giving Louisville so much hype that it's kind of hard to truly believe that, like, like I mean, I'm part of that problem. Like, I start to look at it and just wonder, like, am I am I missing something? Am I doing something wrong here? Because it just seems too clear. I mean, Georgia Tech should be better for sure. Um, but they still have a long way to go. I mean, I really do like the idea of Jeff Brom and obviously uh, Ron English coming over as well for Louisville on the defensive side of the ball. You know, like, they were the number one team in the country last year uh, in sacks. You know, they, they really do know how to get off to the after the quarterback. Um, I really do like the addition of Jack Plummer. Uh, having watched him a lot at Purdue, I really thought this kid could play. Um, you know, and, he, and he's a veteran. He kind of can get you and help you get out of situations that, you know, you might not feel as comfortable about. Um, or, you know, again, for Georgia Tech, I mean, Zach Piran, 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 I believe it's Piran. You know, he showed promise last year, but he also showed a lot of uh, question marks. And so from the standpoint of, of watching him play, I don't know what to expect. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I mean, Georgia Tech's pass rush has to be competent. Um, they want to have a chance in this one. The secondary is pretty terrific uh, and should be able to kind of hold Louisville 
Um, but, you know, if they give up some big plays in the end, who knows? Uh, I mean, again, we'll get to preview or predictions later, but this game has the potential to be a real banger because, you know, my confidence in Louisville is great. My Georgia Tech confidence as a better, more improved team is very high. Again, the schedule says otherwise. But this is the game that can change Georgia Tech from a bowl team to a non-bowl team. Um, so, you know, Louisville's still trying to figure themselves out. It's very doable that Georgia Tech just catches them off guard and, and gets it done. So keep an eye on this one for sure. Um, definitely one of the more intriguing games of the week. Uh, we go to you know, Saturday's games. We've got NIU BC. Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, ODU, Virginia Tech, Wofford, Pitt, Colgate, Syracuse. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, I'm actually not going really spend any time on Colgate, Syracuse, or Wofford, Pitt, just because at the end of the day, it's FCS, FBS matchup. Um, you know, these teams have some guys that can play, but I don't look at either Wofford or Colgate. They're not top dogs in the FCS rates. Um, I can speak a little bit more about Wofford. You know, they're projected to be near the bottom of the Southern Conference this year. So, these are games, honestly, hopefully for reps for both these teams. Um, Virginia Tech ODU, (laughs) revenge on the mind of Virginia Tech. I am shocked by this spread. I know Old Dominion has lost a lot, and it's in Blacksburg. So, you know, and there's going to be revenge on the mind of the Hokies. But 16-point favorites are the Hokies. That seems like a lot to me. Um, so something to definitely kind of keep an eye on for sure. Uh, Boston College, NIU, BC is a nine-point favorite. Both those teams kind of underperformed last year. BC's off- offensive line should be a lot better than they were last season. Uh, if they can kind of take that step forward. I mean, I don't think the loss of, of Phil Dracovic is, you know, the end of the world for the Eagles. So we'll see what you get from that. But similar to what we talked about with Miami versus Miami. You know, this is kind of a talented MAC team, but it's against an ACC front. And it's at, you know, obviously home for BC. So common sense says that should be a game for the, them to win. Uh, Virginia, Tennessee, I mean, 28-point favorites for Tennessee. I just want to cover. Um, Chico Bennett is out for the Hoos, so one of their best players, let alone defensive players, is out. I mean, I think... I think what the saving grace for Virginia could be is I think Tony Musket's better than, you know, what the rest of the country thinks. So I think Virginia can score on Tennessee. Um, I mean, not like a ton, but I think they can score two, three touchdowns. And and depending on, you know, what we get from Joe Milton, I know what we saw in the Orange Bowl last year was so impressive, but there was no pressure. There was, you know, it was kind of like, okay, (laughs) Joe Milton, figure it out. You know what I mean? Where now it's his job, it's his team. It's a Tennessee team that wants to take a huge step forward. So they're going to have to prove it. Um, so I'm going to be intrigued because I, I, I want to think Virginia's going to cover. It's the first game back since the tragedy. So there's going to be some emotional aspects to it as well. So, yeah, something to keep an eye on there. North Carolina-Syracuse is by far the best matchup we can get. I mean, let's just be frank. A 7:30 matchup uh, between the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels. The Duke's Mail Classic. I'll be excited to watch that one uh, after getting done with the Virginia-Tennessee game. 
I mean, North Carolina's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm kind of surprised by it, but, I mean, there is a lot of love for Drake May in North Carolina. Um, I don't know, man. There's a lot to look at here. Was South Carolina, again, did they overachieve last year? There's a legitimate argument they did. We're obviously North Carolina underachieved, so that's going to be great. Obviously, Sunday, LSU, Florida State. That one has obviously LSU's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which I understand edge rushers don't always, you know, change lines all that much, but I am very, very surprised with the loss, you know, the recent loss of, um, oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Uh, the edge rusher, or one of the main defensive players, excuse me, for LSU. Like, that he's just kind of getting this, either, there is no real step back, I guess, from the standpoint of, you know, who they are. Because, obviously, Jaden Daniels, like, Danny Cannell brought this up on the Cover 3 podcast. He talked about how, you know, why is LSU getting all this, you know, respect? All of this, like, everyone's giving them the benefit of the doubt of last year. And, you know, rightfully so. I mean, Jaden Daniels and that LSU Tiger team was very, very good. But why is, where's the same treatment for Florida State, who quite literally beat this team last year in a de facto home game for the Tigers? Pretty much dominated that, dominated that game till the, down the stretch. Uh, Jordan Travis is just as good of a returner as Jaden Daniels. Florida State brings more consistency back, and they have a better wide receiver group. Um, I, I do like the step forward for Florida State. I mean, it's strange that LSU is getting all this love here, but then Florida State is not when they're kind of the same team. So something to watch is just, you know, I do think that it's great for Florida State that they are the underdog here, that the chip on the shoulder kind of belongs to them because everybody else is giving LSU kind of that spot to win. And I guess... These dogs are very pro LSU, so this is what I get for trying to be healthy and record. Because I have to just lock myself in my room because, I mean, they will not stop. So this will be a great time just to keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. But, like, I mean, I'm literally far away from them now. And they will not stop talking barking. So, but no, it's going to be something to watch for. And then, obviously, Clemson-Duke, um, kind of that final that final game to, to watch because... Duke overachieved last year. Clemson is underachieved. Um, you know, Clemson, Clemson's whole season kind of is getting tested week one. If Duke, you know, gets it done, then there's a lot of questions, a lot of conversations that need to be had about who they are from a standpoint of, I mean, there's already those question marks floating around, but it kind of solidifies what we think Clemson might be, which is, you know, obviously concerning. And, I mean, on the flip side, I mean, a lot of people think that Duke's going to regress. I think they're going to regress a little bit. I don't think it's going to be any sort of major regression. But with that being said, doesn't mean it's just going to be also poof, magically better. So very, very intrigued about what we might get with these two teams on Monday night in Durham. So that being said, I've talked for, I think, about 20 minutes now. Yeah, I wanted, It's hard to do a preview guys and deep dive every little match it match up because again it just takes so long um i want to just give you guys a quick you know synopsis of what i'm thinking 
um, you know, when Nick and I get together to actually record moving forward, it'll be a lot better. Uh, I do hope that we can kind of get together and, and recap everything a little bit more in-depthly. But, um, yeah, with that being said, I'm going to go through and kind of predict these. Uh, in Elon Wake, give me the Deeks, but we'll go 42, 42-14. Uh, yeah, 42-14 is fine. NC State, UConn, let's go 38 20, 20, yeah, 20, NC State. I think that NC State is just going to take a huge step forward. I think they're going to really put some people on notice. In the Battle of the Maya Emmys, give me the Canes, 28 to 17. I think this one will be a little bit more low scoring than these other P5, G5 games. In Louisville, Georgia Tech, give me 24, 20, uh, Louisville. All right, we'll go 24, 28, 27. I think this game is going to be so close. We'll say one-point game. That way it shows kind of my, my true feelings on this game from top to bottom. Um, yeah, and then NIUBC gave me 28-17. BC and Virginia, Tennessee give me the Vols 42-24. Um, again, Virginia is going to cover, but I don't feel very confident in, in who – how Tennessee's going to handle this, or how Virginia's going to handle Tennessee. Uh, 3.30, Wofford Pitt. Give me Pitt. 42 to... 42-10. I think that game's going to be a little bit... Uh, it be even worse than that, but, you know, actually, will go 42-3. Yeah, I don't know if Wofford has a touchdown in them, so kind of keep keep that in mind, I guess. Um, when we go to Beast... Or, excuse me, Syracuse and Colgate, similar type of principle... I'm going to go 38-7 Syracuse. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. Give me 35-31 North Carolina. Late score by Drake May to kind of seal it. Old Dominion, Virginia Tech. Give me the Hokies, 31-17. So that was surprised by that 16-point spread. Uh, This seems like a lot. I mean, I do think Virginia Tech is going to handle this game, but that's, that's three scores basically, so... Very surprised by that one. Um, LSU, Florida State. <sighs> Give me the Knowles, 24-21. I was leaning Florida State for the longest time. But, um, or she was used to me. But with, you know, the recent loss of that defensive player. And again, I'm terrible podcasting, I know. Um, oh, Mason Smith. Jeez. With Mason Smith now out of the lineup, you know, that's obviously going to be a huge loss for the Tigers. I mean, I think that really is, like, the difference. Uh, I was really indifferent on it. But seeing that, hearing that, you know, games in Orlando. Give me the Knowles. And then Duke Clemson. Give me Clemson 30, 38-28. I, I think Duke is going to be competitive. It's going to be a fun matchup. But I really am high on Clemson. I think that they're, you know, at the end of the day, they're my team to win the ACC. So, you know, who knows? We might have a different feeling later. But with that being said, I mean, that's kind of all I got, guys. Very looking, much looking forward to week one. Looking forward to getting on the pod with Nick tomorrow to talk with our Wake Forest guest. And I'll have to get on the podcast as well to talk a little bit more ACC ball. Uh-huh. 
on recapping these games. So you know, this won't be like this every week, just the way everything worked uh, kind of got difficult. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I've got. So appreciate everybody listening. And as always, it means just a little bit less here in ACC country. And go ACC. All right, welcome back to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick from Fifth Quarter ACC. Uh, I'm assuming Micah's part is going first in this recording. So uh, unfortunately, we had to split up the episodes. Um, It's been busy for the both of us, to say the least. Micah, he's been dealing with a lot with East Tennessee State. It's that busy time of year where he's controlling football, volleyball, I'm sure both soccer teams. Um, and it's just been, been that type of year. Uh, we've been trying to schedule guests all week. And that person, I don't know if he's mentioned to it to you or not, but I'm not going to spoil anything yet. Although some people might know who it is. Um, that person is very busy as well. So we are hopefully going to have him on tomorrow afternoon and then release that sometime either late this week or very early next week. We're not sure yet, Uh, but hopefully, fingers crossed, everything works out. Uh, It's just been very busy with me at the deli and working at Wake and all the Wake kids coming back, Micah with East Tennessee, and this player that we are potentially probably going to have on, just working around all the schedules. It's week one, man. It's a busy, busy, busy time of year. So thank you for bearing with us. Uh, But I'm here to give my week one preview of the ACC. And we are going to go through the whole schedule. Won't take long. I'm sure Micah did a better job than I did because I'm not good at recording by myself. But if you are listening to this part of the podcast, I think Micah is fusing them together so that we don't have two separate episodes. Thank you for sticking with me. I appreciate that very much. Um, So yeah, been a busy week for us, for our guests that we are going to probably have on tomorrow. Uh, It's just that time of year, man. It's college football and a whole lot of other stuff. So let's not waste any more time. Why don't we just go right into it and dive in? Um, It's that I love how week one it's five days. It's five days for the ACC. You get a game Thursday, you get a game Friday, you get all your games Saturday, you get a game Sunday and Monday. Uh, It's been like that ever since, at least I can remember when I started recording with Micah uh, back in the 2021 season. That's when I sort of noticed that, hey, week one, every day there's college football, there's an ACC team, which I think is great. It's not like that for any other conference really that I've noticed uh, in the last three years. So it's a lot of fun. I can't wait. Thursday's going to be a lot of fun. So why don't we dive into Thursday? So let's just get these two games out of the way because I think they're going to be dubs for our ACC teams. So Thursday night, uh, 7 o'clock on ACC Network, Elon is at Wake Forest. Um, I will be working this game. So if you know, you want to meet up, say hi, whatever, I will be down on the field. I'll probably be there an hour and a half, two hours before kickoff, just prepping things for my job. Um, wake, you're not going to know a lot about this team against Elon. 
Um, it's going to be just like last year when Sam Hartman was out for the Deacons on week one on a Thursday. I forgot who they were playing. I don't think it was VMI. Maybe it was VMI. Yeah, they were playing VMI. You're not going to know a whole lot. Mitch Griffiths went off that game. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be Mitch again against Elon. I expect him to win. Uh, you're not going to know a whole lot about how much the defense has improved. You're not going to know a whole lot about the offensive line. You're not going to know a whole lot about the receivers. Although I think the receivers are still going to be just as strong as they were last year. Yes, I know you lose A.T. Perry and you lose um, your tight end to the draft last year, but you still have got Taylor Morin. You still got uh, Donovan Green, which I know he is hurt, but hopefully he is back by the beginning of October. Um, We'll see. It's time for guys to step up for the Deeks. Um, a lot of people are downing Wake Forest this year. Even our guest last last couple of weeks ago, Big Game Boomer, does not have them even bowling. Um, I have yet to see a Dave Clawson team not go bowling since his third year. Uh, ever since they went to the Military Bowl in 2016, they have gone bowling ever, every year since. So I don't think we will see a Dave Clawson coach team not go bowling. The schedule's in their favor. Uh, in my opinion, they could pull off some upsets. Um, so we'll see. But I got the Deeks winning big. It should be a fun game. Um, it should be a packed house. I saw that the game was sold out. So don't sleep on the Deeks this year, man. I know they lost a lot. I know Sam is gone. I know AT is gone. I know there's a big question mark on the defense. But... Let's just wait and see. Now, Elon's a good opponent to have on our Thursday with a brand new team, basically. So we'll see what happens. Um, moving on to the 7:30 game, my NC State Wolfpack will be traveling up to Connecticut to play the Yukon Huskies. Um, expect NC State to start slow. This is a good Yukon team. They're very well coached. They had a very, very good turnaround season last year. Um, they had a ton of transfers. They pulled off some upsets. They went bowling last year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if NC State started slow. Now, last year, this was a whole different scenario. UConn was at NC State. Uh, Devin Leary was our quarterback. He went off on that game. It was a no doubter. I think that was like the worst UConn had lost all season was against NC State. Um, so expect State to start slow. It's a brand new offense. It's a brand new offensive coordinator, brand new quarterback, uh, brand new O-line coach. Uh, unfortunately, State lost their transfer O-lineman from Oregon. I was very, very, very much looking forward to seeing him play. Unfortunately, he had a season-ending injury. Uh, a couple days ago, which stinks, but it's a good challenge for the O-line. Uh, UConn is experienced. Uh, um, they're very well coached, so we'll see what happens. But NC State, it's year 10, year 9, year 10 for Dave Doran. It's time to get over the hump. It's time to get the 10 wins. Now, I don't know if they can do it this year. The schedule's in their favor, because they got every hard team coming to Carter Finley, Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, Carolina, Louisville, 
They're all coming to uh, NC State. And they do avoid Florida State, Florida State this year, but they have to go to Wake Forest. They have to go to Duke, which essentially could be a home game, but Duke is no, no walk in the park either. Um, the future is bright for NC State, I believe, and I think it starts right now. Uh, I thought it would start last year, but unfortunately with the Devin Leary injury, they were lucky to go 8-5. and five. They were lucky to uh, have a star uh, in MJ Morris, who I think was the future of NC State for the next two years, not this year, but uh, barring injury, but 2024 and 2025. Um, it's all right there for State. It is all right there. I think the future is bright. I think they have a lot of opportunity. They're investing. They're redoing some things in the stadium. They just got the new video board. I think I've heard rumors that they're seeding expansions. Um, we've invested in our coaches, our defensive coordinator, uh, our offensive coordinator. I think NC State knows what they have. They are investing. Um, let's see what happens, man. This is the year where they need to get over the hump. If they can get 10 wins, which I just saw a hype video of, we have to get 10 wins. We have to get over the hump. Let's see if they can do it. UConn's a tough challenge, but to be honest, I don't think we will know how good NC State is until they play Notre Dame. So we'll see. I do want to talk about Notre Dame towards the end of this podcast. So uh, don't worry. We will get to Sam Hartman and Notre Dame. But truly, I think we will know what this NC State team is like when they play Notre Dame uh, in two weeks. All right. Moving on to Friday night uh, on ACC Network, Miami of Ohio at Miami. Look, if Miami, Miami, Florida doesn't beat the brakes off of Miami of Ohio, then it's another wash season. It is. Like, I'm tired. I'm so tired. I'm glad that Big Game Boomer agreed with me on this. I'm done with the Miami hype. I'm done with it. I get it. Tyler Van Dyke is back. I get it. It's going to be crystal ball's second year. I get all of that, but they have disappointed time and time again. And honestly, if crystal ball can't turn this program around, if they can't get back to the ACC championship, if they can't make a playoff push, if they can't win a new year, six bowl, if crystal ball is gone, maybe not this year, but next year, I don't know how Miami turns this around. I really don't. I don't know how Miami can turn their program around. They've been lost forever. They've been in one top four college football playoff ranking. One. I think it was in 2018. And what happened? They just, they lost, I think the, what was it? They lost some bowl to Wisconsin. I think it was the Orange Bowl. Yeah, they lost the Orange Bowl in Wisconsin. Miami needs to get over the hump. I feel like this is a do-or-die season for their program because if Chris Ball can't get it done, I don't know who can. So I will say Miami beats the brakes off of Miami of Ohio, but if it's anywhere close, it's just you can forget about Miami this year. You can't. I think A&M would destroy them. I don't care. Um, I don't care that A&M was bad last year. If they struggle with Miami of Ohio, it, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Um, 
Moving on to the 7:30 game on ESPN, we've got Louisville at Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech is rebuilding. I think Louisville is going to win. Now, everyone's buying into the Louisville hype. They are everyone's favorite dark horse this year in the ACC. Um, they think that they can play upset, which I think is possible. I think they got a good coach. I like the hire. I think they had to get Satterfield out of there. I think it just was never going to work. Um, I felt like that coaching matchup was just, or that coach and that program was just kind of forced. I feel like he wanted out the whole time. Uh, they've got a good coach now. They've got a lot of transfers. Now we have seen teams since the transfer portal era do very well with a lot of transfers coming in. Louisville is one of the top ranked transfer portal teams this year, uh, with their class. But we have yet to see a team struggle with the portal or with the transfers that they got. Sometimes it doesn't work. People are just assuming because they got so many transfers that it's going to work. But sometimes maybe it won't. We've yet to see that, but I just would caution. Just proceed with caution with Louisville. Um, I think it's a good test for them to open up at Georgia Tech. Um, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting game. I'm going to have eyes on this because I'm very interested to see how Georgia Tech will respond with uh, Brent Pry as their coach. Uh, I hope I got that right. I always get the Brents mixed up. And considering there are two Brents in the both Tech schools, I always get that mixed up. But um, I don't think Georgia Tech will be horrible this year. I think they have they have their guy. I think they will take the, the right steps. Uh, they finished off the season last year with a lot of momentum, but it's a good test for Louisville. So I got Louisville in this game. Um, I don't know if it will be double digits, but it's good tough. It's a good tough challenge for them. So we'll see what happens. Okay, moving on to the Saturday slate. Uh, some I'm just going to skim through, uh, Colgate versus Syracuse Colgate, not a bad FCS team, but I think I got Syracuse in this one. No doubt. Uh, Wofford, not a bad FCS team as well. Um, they've had their rough seasons, but at Pitt, give me Pitt all the way. Uh, I have Narduzzi as my coach of the year. I have them as I have Pitt as my sleeper of the year. I think if it's not Clemson or Florida State, I got Pitt right there in the ACC championship game. Um, Northern Illinois at Boston College. People are very much down on Boston College. I think Micah, Micah convinced me that, hey, this team, it's not like last year. They had a ton of injuries last year. Um, their own line was basically defensive linemen playing. Uh, they, they're too well coached. I think they're out of the era of BC being the bottom of this conference. I think we're out of that now. Um, I got BC winning. Northern Illinois will be a good challenge for them. That's going to be on at noon on the ACC network. So there you go. I think Boston College will have a decent year. I don't know if they'll go bowling, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I got the Boston College Eagles winning this game. Now for the more interesting games. Uh, we got three left on Saturday. So we got Virginia at Tennessee. Micah will be attending this game in Nashville. So pray for him. Look, um, 
Tennessee's got all the hype. They got Joe Milton. They've got Jeremy Pruitt, who's great. Uh, Virginia, look, I appreciate Micah being like, hey, these guys got their season cut short. These guys um, are playing for something. They want to prove to everybody. Virginia's got absolutely, positively nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose this season. Everyone's picking them last in the ACC. Everyone's picking them to only have one or two wins this year. Go 0-8 in conference. Maybe 1-7. But they, when a team has nothing to lose, they could rise up to the occasion. Now, do I think Virginia has enough to go bowling? Absolutely not. I do not think that. I think Tony Elliott came into a bad situation already where Bronco left and the school, according to Micah, and I believe it, refuses to invest. Um, it's a bad situation. But when you got a group of kids that got absolutely nothing to lose, it could be a better season than you think. Now, do I think they're just going to go steamroll into Nashville and beat Tennessee? Absolutely not. Do I think they could surprise some people? It's possible. Do I think they could get four wins, squeak it out, maybe five? It's possible. When you got a bunch of kids that got nothing to lose and they have the they you know lost players due to a tragedy, their season was cut short last year. You'll see. Just wait and see. But I got Tennessee winning this game, man. I do. I do. So pray for Micah as he's in Nashville on Saturday. Um all right, I want to kind of save this game for last on the Saturday slate. So we'll go to Old Dominion at Virginia Tech. We saw what happened last year. Uh, Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion last year. I want to say they're better coached. I want to say that Virginia Tech won't be as bad as last year. I, a lot of people are picking them bottom two of the conference. So we'll see what happens. But I got Virginia Tech winning. Um, I think that Marshall game is very scary for them, but old dominion, if you can beat old dominion at your house and beat them pretty good and start off one, Oh, you have a lot of momentum going into the season. And I hope Virginia tech can go bowling. Some people were picking them to go bowling. I am not, uh, but you never know. I think this is a, would be a great win for them, but they, if they start off and one, you can kiss their season goodbye because they could be worse than Virginia. They could be, but we'll see what happens there. Um, okay. Last game Saturday, uh, not the last game on the time slate, but in terms of levels of importance and eyes on the screen, 7.30 ABC, North Carolina, playing South Carolina in Charlotte. Uh, you all know how I feel about neutral site games. I think they suck. Uh, this would be great if it was at Keenan or at William Bryce. Um, it's tough, man. Look, we all know what North Carolina is. I put out a tweet sometime last, the last couple days ago. I wanted North Carolina fans opinions. We all know who is the best player on this team. We all know who could potentially win ACC player of the year. North Carolina, who do you have to offer? Your offensive coordinator is gone. Your best offensive weapons besides Drake May are gone. Uh, the defense was probably the worst in the conference, 
in terms of points allowed and yards allowed. What do you have to offer us? What makes you number 21? What makes you think that we should think you guys are going to be good this year? And I got some answers. They were very good. Defense should be better. It would be abysmal if it was any worse. Hopefully they get Tez Walker back. I haven't really heard any updates on that. So we will see. South Carolina, a team that has all the hype, probably one of the most talked about teams in the SEC. Um, we'll see what happens, man. They finished the street season off strong. I get they lost to Notre Dame in the bowl game, but that game was close. They beat Tennessee. They beat Clemson. Spencer Rattler, hey, you get what you get. You either get a very good quarterback or a very bad quarterback. But I'm going to go out on a limb. As much as I hate picking against, or as much as I hate picking for North Carolina, I think if North Carolina can play their absolute best game ever, Drake May goes off, he outduels Spencer Rattler, the defense just... Barely keeps them in enough to get them over South Carolina. I think they can win this. I truly do. Um, I don't want to pick North Carolina because there's a world where that defense is just too much for Drake May. And Spencer Rattler could just dice up North Carolina. That is a possibility, a very good possibility. But I feel like North Carolina, if you can't get this done, then the season is a wrap. Okay, you're probably going six and six this year if you can't beat South Carolina. So I I'm gonna buy into it for just for this game. We'll see what happens because it South Carolina is a big wild card to me. I don't know what to expect. I really don't. They got Spencer Rattler, who again could be very good, very bad. I don't know. Um the the stadium should be 50-50. Uh, Tar Heels fans will travel. Gamecocks fans will travel. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going with North Carolina. We'll see what happens. I just think North Carolina has the more consistent quarterback. There. Okay, moving on to Sunday's game. Probably the game of the week. LSU at Florida State. I'm going to make this quick. I don't get the hype of LSU. I don't get why they're number five. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, I still, to this day, I get they made the SEC championship game. I get they turned their season around. But to this day, I don't think that Brian Kelly is the fit for LSU. I just truly do not. And sure, they went nine and four. Um, people are, some people are picking them to come out of the West. I don't think so. I think Bama is going to come out of the West again this year. Or not again, but I think Bama will take, retake the West Division crown. Um, I don't get the hype. I don't get it. Um, they've got a quarterback who's not proven. Um, they And Florida State, on the other hand, has a quarterback that's proven it. Has a coach that's been there. Has a good defense. Has a lot of weapons. It's going to be in Orlando. There's going to be a home crowd for Florida State. I've got Florida State, and whatever that spread is, pound it for Florida State. Because, again, I could be wrong, but I don't get the hype of LSU this year. I don't get it. I guess they just had to put a team at number five. Like, they lost to AM. They lost to AM last year. 
A&M didn't go bowling. Okay, like, why are we putting them at number five? What, because they got a good recruiting class? I don't, I, maybe it's because I don't like Brian Kelly because I think he's sort of a dick, but I don't think he's a right fit. This season could be in turmoil for LSU. And fine, old takes expose me if there's an LSU fan listening to this. Clown me. I don't care. I don't get the hype. I don't get it. I'm much more bought into the FSU hype. The the It's all there. Uh, I We would all look like idiots if Florida State, you know, went 8-5 and five this year and didn't go to the ACC championship game. Um, I've got Florida State, and I got them covering that spread. Okay. Moving on, Monday. Now, this is probably the most interesting game on the slate, and I'm going to be eyes peeled for this. Clemson at Duke. Here's here's the thing. Duke has a lot of hype coming in this year with Mike Elko and Riley Leonard. It's all there. Their defense should be much more improved. Now, the problem is with Duke, their schedule was very easy last year. Very easy. They had to play Wake. They had to play Carolina, yada, yada. They had a, They avoided NC State, Florida State, and Clemson last year. They avoided all of those teams. Uh, this year, not so much. They got to play NC State. They got to play Clemson. They got to play Florida State. You're not going to get a clear answer out of this game. The only result where you get a clear answer from this game is if Duke beats Clemson. Because, and here's why. Because Duke has all the hype. Everyone's bought in on Duke. Everyone thinks they can go bowling again. Everyone thinks that they could get eight or nine wins again. So if they somehow beat Clemson, would people be surprised? Yeah. But will people, no, no one will think, hey, Duke is not good. Now, if Clemson destroys Duke, now what does that say? Does that say more that Clemson is very good and they're back? Or is Duke was last year just because of the easy schedule? Now, if it's close, and Clemson wins. Does that mean Clemson is struggling? Does that mean that Duke is right there? Could Duke be ranked? I don't know. I think the only clear answer that you'll have, the only clear answer that you'll have is if Duke beats Clemson. If Duke beats Clemson, then Duke is for real, and Clemson is still not clear. It's still not clear if Duke beats Clemson. I think the only clear answer you get, again, Duke would be for real if they beat Clemson. Now, they could be for real if it's close against Clemson, but I think the only clear answer here is that if Duke beats Clemson, Duke is for real. Duke is for real. And I don't think Clemson's a bunch of slouches. I think Clemson still can compete. Now, do I think they could get 10 wins? Probably not if they're losing to Duke. But... We don't have a lot of hype against going for Clemson this year. So I don't know. I don't know. But I got Clemson. I do have Clemson winning this game. I think it will be close. I think Riley Leonard is very talented. I think the Duke defense has improved a lot. Um, we'll see what happens. And I think Duke is very well coached. But I got Clemson in this one. It's a big season for Clemson. It's a big season. They need to prove themselves to themselves and to everybody that they can get back into the national conversation. Because if they can't, you could probably kiss it goodbye. Because teams are rising. Florida State, 
NC State's nipping at the heels for the last three years, okay? I think NC State can beat Clemson this year. So we'll see. Okay. Last couple of minutes. Uh, I just wanted to give a little shout-out and a little bit of hype to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, we don't talk about Notre Dame when it comes to football season unless they're playing an ACC team. Uh, But this is as close to an ACC team as you're going to get out of Notre Dame even with the COVID year when they were in it, because they have a former ACC quarterback. Um, They play, you know, some blue blood ACC teams, such as NC State and Clemson and Wake and Duke, uh, everyone that's been there. I just want to shout out to Sam Hartman. And, uh, you know, he is with a team that, now I think he had better weapons at Wake. I truly do. I think he had, Great weapons with Donovan Green, A.T. Perry, Taylor Morin. Um, I think he had better weapons. But what held Sam back from the whole Heisman hype was that, you know, Wake did get up to the top 10 last year, but then had that bad losing streak. Now, do I think Notre Dame could have that? Possibly. It's possible. We saw what happened last year. But without any doubt, Sam Hartman is the best quarterback Notre Dame has had since Jimmy Clausen. It's without a doubt. Um, I think he's very good. I think we will be talking about Sam throughout the season. Uh, Even if he plays these ACC teams, they open up with NC State um, at Carter-Finley in two weeks. So that will be a tough challenge because I think NC State has the best defense in the league. So we'll see. But shout out to Sam. Um, It was great seeing him throw and play. And it's still weird to see him in an... uh, in a Notre Dame uniform, but I think Micah and I will talk about Sam Hartman and the Irish uh, later on this week. So thank you guys for listening. That's my ACC preview. Again, I'll be at the wake Elon game this Thursday. So DM me, if you're going to be there, we can try to be meet up and look out for our interview, hopefully coming out late this week, early next week, just means less than a little bit, just means less in the ACC. And it's week one. Let's go.